you all the praise that you are worthy of and declare your name holy and wonderful. Amen. this morning and uh, just going to wrap up this series that we've been doing called on on earth is in heaven it's been a series about prayer of course and uh, you know I just want to reiterate what Rebecca was saying about that uh, we can never come to the place where we think that we know everything and in fact uh, one of the problems in the body of Christ is in the modern church is that we think that uh, uh, in, that uh, biblical knowledge is intellectual, but it's not. Biblical knowledge isn't intellectual, it's experiential, which means that anything you're not doing, you don't know. I'm going to say that again. Anything that we're not doing, we don't know it. Just because you know it intellectually, until you're actually applying it to your life, you don't have biblical knowledge on the subject. And that's why it's important. Sometimes, you know, whenever I made this graphic and I came up with this title, I was actually talking to Pastor about doing this series on prayer. And uh, I decided I wanted to kind of veil what it was about because I think a lot of times people don't get too excited about prayer. You have prayer night, you're not going to have that big of a crowd. Uh, because people don't get that excited about prayer, but we should get excited about prayer. And if we understood what prayer really is, we would be excited about prayer uh, because prayer is the means by which God and man partner in causing his will to come to pass on earth as it is in heaven. Actually, when we pray, we give God an avenue or a channel for which he is able to impact earth with his will. And so, man, that's exciting to me. <laughs> How many of you want it in your life to be more on earth as it is in heaven? You know, so, uh, you know, another thing is that uh, we can, repetition is really how you learn. You know, Peter's the one who said, it's not grievous to me to say the same things to you. You know, we need to hear biblical truth over and over again until it gets from our head to our heart and we are actually applying it to our life and we're operating in the things of God. We don't just know about them, but we're actually doing them. Because it's only when we apply the word to our life that we see any kind of transformation or change whatsoever. And so the first week, you know, I shared uh, with you that uh, in uh, Luke 11 and 1, that the disciples, Jesus was praying and they came to him and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And I talked about the fact that God doesn't only consider our words, but he considers our motives. And that we have to be humble in our heart and admit that we don't know everything. So many times as believers, we just think we know everything. We come to a place where we've arrived and there's always more depth of revelation in regard to a subject. So we have to say, Lord, teach us to pray. Because, you know, in Ephesians six eighteen, it says to pray at all times with all kinds of prayers. That means there's more than one type of praying. And the kingdom of God is governed by spiritual laws. 
So there's principles you have to understand in regard to prayer. You can just pray to be praying, but I don't want to pray to just pray. I want to pray for results. And it's only when we pray according to biblical principles that we actually see the results. Brother Hagin, I've quoted him the last two two weeks on this, but Brother Hagin said that the believer cannot be successful in fulfilling his purpose if he doesn't know how to pray according to biblical principles. So we have to say, Lord, teach us to pray. We have to understand how things are, because listen, God answers our prayers spiritually and the laws that govern Uh, that I'm talking about govern how we transfer those things from the spiritual realm into the physical realm. God, God blesses us spiritually. And then when we cooperate with his laws, we're able to take what he's given us spiritually and make it manifest in the physical realm. Oh man, that's why so many people have prayed, not saw answers to their prayers and then have fainted in regard to praying and just giving up, said this doesn't work. Okay, so the first thing that I talked about was that the principal reason for prayer is communion with God. It's just to have fellowship with God. And we talked about the Garden of Eden and how that in the Garden of Eden, God came in the cool of the day and he walked with Adam and they just had communion. And, you know, I think that's one of the reasons we don't see a lot of uh, results is because we're seeking the hand of God and forsaking the heart of God. You see, we, we're trying to get from God and we don't know him. And the, the object of our faith isn't the thing we desire, it's the God who gives Okay, so I talked about that the first week, and then last week I talked about the prayer of petition and how that Jesus brought about something new, something brand new. It was something that the disciples were amazed by because in John 16 and 23, Jesus said, in that day, you won't ask me for anything. And up to that point, they were dependent on Jesus for everything spiritual in regards to God. But he said, you're going to ask the Father himself, and whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. And a few verses later, he says, because, he said, don't think I'm going to pray for you, because the Father himself loves you. (laughs) So he has reconciled us and restored us back to right relationship with the Father. So now in the new covenant, We have access to the Father to where we can ask him for anything in Jesus' name. And when we do, according to his will for asking, we will give us what we're asking for. Mm, I'm telling you what, that's good stuff. Hallelujah. But it wasn't always that way. And so in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, I just want to make a point that under the Old Testament, or under the old covenant, uh, they didn't have the same benefits that we do today. And I think sometimes, man, we forget the benefits. What did the psalmist say? I will not forget all of your benefits. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. And I will not forget all of your benefits. Because if you forget them, you won't experience them. Because faith is required to experience the things that God has given to us. But under the old covenant, 
I want to make a couple of points about the way it was for them. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Then I returned and considered all the oppression that is done under the sun. And look, the tears of the oppressed, but they have no comforter. On the side of their oppressors, there is power, but they have no comforter. You know, under the old covenant, Solomon was looking out at all men and realizing that they were oppressed and they had no one to operate as a comforter for them. And you know, this he was basically talking about physical kings and oppressors who were ruling uh, harshly over the people. But we know because of New Covenant revelation that there is a spirit behind every oppressive human entity. But they had no way of dealing with that. Right? They had no way of dealing with the spirit. That's why the Bible doesn't really talk about the devil much in the Old Testament because there was nothing they could do about him. Oh, come on now. But the reason why verse 1 says there was power on the side of the oppressors. That's, that's an amazing statement. The enemy had power over them, and the reason why was because they had no comforter. Now look at Isaiah chapter 59. Isaiah 59. And you know, uh, Solomon was looking out at all people, all fallen nations, not just Israel. He wasn't just talking about Israel. He was talking about all people were under the oppression uh, of their enemies. And in uh, Isaiah 59, he begins to talk about, God is talking about the condition of Israel, which is his people. And because they had uh, not followed him, it says in verse 14, justice is turned back. In righteousness, I wanted to say something right there. We finally saw, we've finally been seeing a little bit of justice here lately. I just want to celebrate that. Amen. Amen. We've been seeing some justice. But at this time, justice was turned back. And righteousness stands afar off. For truth is fallen in the street. And equity cannot enter. So truth fails, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. Then the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no justice. He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, he, his own arm brought salvation for him, and his own righteousness, it sustained him. So he's talking about Jesus. Jesus is the arm of the Lord. But at this time, there was no intercessor. Jesus hadn't come yet. So there was no one who could stand between God and man and bring about peace. All they had was the law. And if they kept the law and were diligent to hearken to everything God says, then they were safe. But if they got out from it, they were open prey to their oppressors. But we don't live in this time. We live in a greater... Better covenant established on better promises. And we're not helplessly suffering under our oppressors today. Actually, you might be because of a lack of knowledge 
The Bible says that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. But if we learn how to pray and we learn how to operate in the things that God has given us through the grace of Jesus Christ, we have authority and power over the enemy and we don't have to live under his oppression. Oh, there is not power on the side of our oppressors anymore. There is power on the side of the body of Christ. When we understand our benefits and we know the laws of God that govern them and we're able to operate in them, we are able to be more than conquerors, overcomers through him who loved us, having authority over the devil and over all of his oppressive ways. And so this morning what I want to talk about is that now God has a comforter. Now God has an intercessor. We have someone standing between us and God that makes it possible for us to have it on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. So turn to uh, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. And as you're turning, I just want to say that... uh, that we have, there is a comforter now. You know, John 14, 16, Jesus was saying, he said, I'm not going to leave you, I'm going to send the comforter to you, the Holy Spirit. So now we have the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, which they didn't have then. And we have an intercessor. Hebrews 7 and 25 says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. And he ever lives to make intercession for us. Oh my goodness. Man, I tell you what, that's what I want to talk about this morning is the prayer of intercession. Because there's a whole lot of ideas about intercession that are not right. Uh, They're actually rooted in the Old Testament. Because in the Old Testament, when they, there were a few examples of intercession. And it was mostly a man of God like Moses, a man of God like Abraham, who were pleading with God to turn away his wrath. And that is not the place of intercession in the new covenant. In fact, when we do that, we're anti-Christ. Oh, man. I figured that would go over about like that, so I'm going to get a drink. Because a lot of people in intercession, they think what our job is that we've got to bombard heaven in order to persuade God to turn away his wrath from an evil people. Listen, Rebecca said it in the transition. God poured his wrath out on Jesus and it was satisfied. And when we, uh, when we in, entreat God to turn from his wrath, we are being anti-Christ because we are not believing that Jesus satisfied the wrath of God. And the word propitiation, you know what it means? A satisfaction. He, Jesus was the propitiation. Say it like this. He was the satisfaction for our sins. And not ours only, but for the sins of the entire world. That's why the gospel is going out and proclaiming that God's wrath has been satisfied in the sacrifice and the offering that Jesus made through his death, burial, resurrection. His resurrection is the validation. It's the proof that God accepted the payment and that he was satisfied by it. And when we were justified, he was raised from the dead. (laughs) That's why we believe on the resurrection. 
We believe on the resurrection, and it's the proof, and we confess Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. And we are delivered from the authority of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of the Son, of His love. We become sons and heirs of the kingdom of God and able to operate in the power of God and the authority of Jesus' name against our enemies. Man, hallelujah. So the word intercession, it means to go between. It means to stand between. And Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us. In Hebrews chapter 7, he's really talking about this. He's talking about uh, in regard to our righteousness. He's not necessarily talking about the intercession I'm going to talk about today. But he's talking about in regard to our righteousness. He ever lives to intercede for us on behalf of our righteousness. There's a new basis for right standing with God under the new covenant. And that's the shed blood of Jesus. And he's seated at the right hand of God, ever being the mediator between God and man. But there's another thing that we can learn about it in Romans chapter 8 and uh, verse 26. And this is a, um, a great benefit. And Lord, I just pray right now, Father God, that you help me to just, to just clearly communicate this in a way that your people can get a hold of it and apply it to their life. And I pray, Father God, the spirit of wisdom and revelation over your people right now. Father God that we would know the things that Christ has given to us by grace, that we would receive them and operate in them by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. So Romans 8 and verse 26. Now, first of all, in Romans 8, he's talking about, in context, the spirit-filled life because he's been building up, talking about the righteousness of God and the purpose for God making us righteous was so that we would be cleansed and able to become the temple of the Holy Spirit. The whole reason Jesus came and died on the cross was not just to forgive your sins. To forgive your sins was the means necessary for the Holy Spirit to then come and indwell you and make you a temple of the Holy Spirit to where you could begin to operate as a son the way God created you to, in the beginning, so you could begin to fulfill your purpose as a son made in the image and in the likeness of God and functioning on earth as God does in heaven. Oh, man. So he's talking about that, and he's talking about the role of the Holy Spirit. Man, there's so many good things. You know, it says that the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then we're heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. That means we have the inheritance that Jesus has. You know, joint heirs doesn't mean he got a part, we got a part. No, it means we share the same part. Everything that belongs to him now belongs to us because of our union with him through the Holy Spirit. And he's talking about how that our redemption isn't complete yet. I, I didn't plan on saying all this stuff, but our redemption isn't complete yet. There's one part that we're waiting on and that we actually groan within ourselves desiring it. And that's the glorification of our body. 
You know, we've been saved in spirit. We're being saved in our mind as we renew it to the word of God. But there's coming a day when our, oh, thank God, our bodies are going to be glorified. Just like on the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus just began to emanate light. It was the glorification. It was what was in him. It was no longer veiled by the physical body, but became manifest and apparent to those men that were on the mountain with him. Oh, and that's what we're looking forward to. There's coming a day when we're going to be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. And that glory that's on the inside of you, which is Christ himself, will begin to emanate from your body and you'll be... (laughs) No longer will this fallen physical body veil the real you. Oh, man. Hallelujah. But anyway, he's going on and he's talking about... The benefits of the Holy Spirit. Man, so many people aren't taking advantage of and, and the, of the benefit of the Holy Spirit. I know for a long time, man, I thought Jesus gave me a ticket to heaven. Now, I understood righteousness. Man, I am saved, forgiven, justified. But there's so much more. Jesus didn't just come to get us to heaven. In fact, what he came to do was get heaven in us. He came to get the Holy Spirit of God in us so it could be on earth as it is in heaven in our life. But listen, your uh, experience isn't going to exceed your expectation. The things of God are experienced in this life by faith. So we have to learn to operate uh, in, in biblical principles. So in verse 26, he says this. Likewise, the Spirit also helps... In our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. You know, in uh, King James, in New King James... The words, the will of, are not there. So it actually says, according to God. He makes intercession for us according to God. Listen, God is omniscient. He knows everything. Let me ask you a question. Do you think it would be a benefit to you if God prayed for you? Oh, man. Why? He knows everything about you, about your situation about his will and desire and purpose and destiny for your life. I mean, there's, there's a book written in heaven. He wrote it. <laughs> he knows what the next step is. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit helps us. Here's the first thing you need to understand. The Holy Spirit doesn't do it for us. He helps us. I know this is going to be kind of funny, but whenever I was studying on this, because where it says helps, it means, and if you've been around the teaching movement and stuff, you've heard this before. He comes alongside, takes hold together with us in our prayers, which is what he's talking about here. And I see the scene in the movie, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. (laughs) And I don't remember their character names right off the bat. But where uh, John Candy's dragging his trunk across the field, and then Steve Martin comes up and grabs the other side, and they walk together with it. 
I keep seeing that picture. It's the Holy Spirit comes alongside. He helps us in intercession because of our weakness. What weakness? We're still in this, un, this fallen and unredeemed body that isn't been glorified yet. There is a limitation physically to what we can know and understand. And so the Holy Spirit helps us. In fact, this word helps, uh, it's also used, I think the only other place is in the story we all know uh, where Jesus was in the house and, and Mary and Martha, Martha was up working and Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Martha says, Jesus, tell her to help me. <laughs> In other words, tell her to come and do what I'm doing. And bear, help me bear the burden. See, the Holy Spirit was given to us to come along and help us. Because there's a, there's a limitation to what we're able to understand in regard to our life situations, the trials that we face, but we have the Holy Spirit who gives us a connection with God, the one who knows all things. Amen. But he doesn't do for us. He helps us. We have blind spots and he has none. He sees everything and he understands everything. And so he comes along to make intercession uh, for us. And uh, one of the things I wanted to say about intercession here is that when you look it up in the helps word study, this was awesome, it means to obtain something by hitting the mark. And it actually, when you study it further, it means to hit the bullseye. So when you pray uh, with the Holy Spirit, hmm. <laughs> how many times have you been up against something and you just didn't know how in the world you should even pray? Well, the Holy Spirit, because he is God, he knows and he is able to pray the perfect prayer for you and you're able to obtain what you need. See, because sometimes we're praying for what we want and it's not even what we need. But the Holy Spirit helps us and he hits the bullseye and we're able to obtain what we need in regard to that situation. Because listen, according to our own mind, we could ask for something less than what God's able to do for us. Oh man. Oh man. So because we don't know how we should pray as we ought, the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So, you know, there's different people have different ideas about this. Um, but this is talking about, I believe 100% from studying, it's talking about praying in tongues. Uh, praying, praying in tongues in unknown languages. Some people will point to this and say, well, Jesus groaned at the tomb of uh, Lazarus and it's talking about just groaning. Well, I believe God, I believe the Spirit could groan and God could understand. But those are actually two different Greek words. If you look at it in the, in the original language, they're not the same words. And in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14, it says, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. <laughs> in fact, let's just turn over there and look at that real quick because it's real close. 
I just want you to see this because I'll just say now as I was praying about this and meditating on it, I feel like the Lord was saying to me, may this help get your expectation where it needs to be, that there are people here today who've never spoken tongues before. And today is your day. Because on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, he's been here ever since. Jesus said he would come to live with you forever. <laughs> and so today can be your day. It's up to you because we receive of the grace of God by faith. And then he also told me there's people in here who once spoke in tongues or maybe used to but haven't in a long time. And he wants you to... Uh, stir it up and get back in the flow so you can take part in this supernatural ministry of the Holy Spirit that Jesus died for you to have so that he could more perfectly bring his will to pass in your life. So in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14, he says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. There it is. You're praying in a language that is unfruitful to your own understanding. So he's talking about praying in unknown tongues. And he says, what is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. Which I thought was really good, because we need both. I was thinking about this, I was like, well, you know, if God can pray the perfect prayer through me in the Spirit, then why would I ever ask for anything in English? <laughs> but scripturally, Ephesians 6, 18 says to pray with all kinds of prayers. And Jesus said that in that day that we would ask the Father anything in Jesus' name and he would do it. So I can't tell you exactly why, but I know that I want to be, we need to get biblical <laughs> if we want to have success, we need to do things the way God says they're to be done. You know, and then, you know, the first week I talked about the prayer of thanksgiving and praise. That's in your known language. And actually, it actually cultivates the atmosphere. And God is enthroned upon the praises of his people. So there's all kinds of prayers. But we don't want to negate this powerful powerful opportunity to have the Holy Spirit himself make intercession for us according to God. Amen. So turn back to Romans chapter 8. Just trying to kind of take my time here. And drop down to verse 34. It says, Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who also makes intercession for us. I thought that was interesting. So here we have the Holy Spirit helps us by making intercession for us. But Jesus is also at the right hand of God making intercession for us. You know, and a lot of people have thought, well, that just means Jesus is praying for us. Well, let me say this. First of all, Jesus praying for us in heaven would not affect our life in any way here on earth. And the reason why is because God gave mankind dominion. 
And so anything that God wants to do on the earth, he has to have some man, which is why Jesus became a man. Because the only way that God could redeem mankind is if a man was to die in our place and to pay the price for us so that we could be redeemed, forgiven, justified, and filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, God has to have a man. That's what it says in Ezekiel. He said he, God was looking for a man who could stand in the gap and make up the hedge, and he couldn't find one. But now God has a man, and he's seated at the right end of God as our representative, and he is making intercession for us at the right end of God. Now, so what's the deal? What is it? Is it Jesus at the right hand? Is it the Holy Spirit here making intercession with us? It's both. Oh, this is such a powerful revelation. <laughs> Jesus in heaven is praying the perfect will of God for you by the Holy Spirit, through your spirit, and you're speaking out God's will on the earth so that his will can be established on earth as it is in heaven. <laughs> oh my goodness. Hallelujah. <laughs> what did God do? He made it possible thinking about this, for us to have spiritual interface with God. You know, in uh, technical stuff, and I am technologically challenged. I don't understand. Ask Mark Parks back here in the meeting. I have to get a hold of him for everything that I need, technical. And, uh, but interface in technical things is that they are able to connect for the purpose of communicating. Yes. Yes. And... <laughs> God giving us the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit in our spirit gives us the connection to God to where we can have a level of intimacy and communication that isn't possible naturally. Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, through our spirit, prays and makes intercession according to God. Oh, man. I tell you what, that's awesome. That is awesome. Think about that. We are able to, because our spirit and Christ's spirit are one, the Holy Spirit are one. Because it says in 1 Corinthians 2, what man knows the spirit, uh, what, ma what man knows the mind of a man except the spirit that's in him? Listen, your spirit knows everything about you. Your spirit knows everything about you, even things that you haven't registered on your own soul yet. <laughs> your spirit knows everything, even your motives. You know, when you've convinced yourself that you're doing something for a, a good reason. You know, the dumbest advice ever given is follow your heart. <laughs> The book of Jeremiah says, your heart is deceitful and wicked. Who can even know it? <laughs> you know, but your spirit knows everything about you. Here's the other thing. The Holy Spirit knows everything about the mind of God. Oh my, man, I could just take off running on that. The uh, Holy Spirit knows everything about God. He is God. 
He searches the deep things of God concerning your life. And here's the thing, your spirit that knows everything about you and God's spirit that knows everything about God can interface and he can pray through you according to God. What's that mean? Exactly the way God would pray for you if he was here on earth. He prays through you by his own spirit and makes intercession for you about things you have no idea about. Now let me ask you, would it be advantage to have God pray for you? I'm gonna ask you again. Because think about it. No wonder Jesus said this. He said, it's to your advantage that I go away. Man, most people say, man, if Jesus was just here, if Jesus was just here, if Jesus was just here, well, if Jesus was here, I believe he would be at Lake Church a lot. But there's a whole world of believers out there who would be wanting him with them too. But Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away because if I don't go away, the helper can't come. But if I go, I'll send him to you. Mm. Jesus said it's better. Why? Because now we have connection with the Father on a level that we could never have if Jesus was here on earth physically. In fact, I'll do you one better than that. Jesus in his physical body, once he became glorified, he had to leave this earth. He could not destroy the works of the devil as God in his glorified condition. So he went to heaven, but he still has a physical body on earth that gives him authority. Ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. (laughs) So we are, we are the body that gives Christ authority on earth. (laughs) We are the body that gives Christ authority to bring God's will on earth as it is in heaven. Now here's the, here's the deal though. His effectiveness in intercession is dependent on our faithfulness. To intercession. Oh man, he's only able to intercede uh, effectively in our lives and the lives of other people to the degree that we're faithful to praying in the Holy Ghost. Oh my goodness. Did you know there's all kinds of testimonies of people who have been in dire circumstances? And were delivered supernaturally. And then they later talked to somebody who said, was something going on with you at three o'clock on such and such date? Because I just felt impressed to pray. And so I prayed in tongues until I felt released. And it was like a life and death situation going on in that person's life. That the person who prayed had no idea about, but who did? (laughs) But the Lord knew all about it. So it doesn't only work in regard to your own life, but in your ability to truly intercede for other people. Because we can pray in our, in our natural understanding. There's limits on it. Because we don't know anything. But there is no limit. Because God knows everything. 
And there is no limit on spiritual intercession when we pray in tongues. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's see what else to say about this. Hallelujah. You know, I was thinking about, uh, I was thinking about this, that whenever we were, we moved from Olive to Sand Springs, and we'd lived there for like 13 years. Anyway, we were trying to buy a house, and everything was all worked out, except we were negotiating on the price. And uh, the Lord gave me a price in prayer. He told me how much to pay for this house. And so we were negotiating, and we were off by a few thousand dollars. And so, you know, even though my wife didn't like it, I said, well, we're not going to pay. We're going to pay what God said, or we're not buying it, you know. And it was just a few thousand dollars, you know. And, oh, man, when I told her, she was not happy. But anyway, we, we, we prayed, and then I didn't know what to do. You know, I mean, I didn't know how to pray even in the natural. So I just prayed in the spirit. And the next day, our realtor, who we'd only met about a month or so before, called us up and she said, uh, the Lord impressed on me to pay that difference out of my commission. <laughs> I know you guys are believers and you're a pastor, and I'm sowing this as seed. And I'm t <laughs> I would never have come up with that. <laughs> but you know, God, I, there were many things that were a blessing about that. Not the money, but the knowing. Oh, it wasn't the money, but it was the knowing, and she got a blessing from it. You know, and God was able to show me through that, even though he'd already told me that's where we were going to live, he was able to show me, I made this happen for you. And he prayed it out. He prayed it, he prayed it through us and brought it into existence, his will on earth as it was already declared to be in heaven. So many times, listen, the reason God can't get involved in our situations that way is because we're too busy trying to work them out. <laughs> Rather than living the life of dependency and trust on God that we're called to, that we're called to live. You know, he wants to pray, not pray for you. He wants to pray for you. Not pray for you, but he wants to pray through you so that he can actually pray his perfect will into your life so that he can have legal access to cause it to be in your life on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. I want the, the guys to come up. <clears throat> Listen, we limit God because we try to we don't depend on the gifts that God has given to us. And we just do things in the natural and we're limited. But in the spirit, we are limitless. If we learn to depend on God and allow him, allow him to, uh, to pray for us. There's so much more uh, on this topic of prayer.
prayer as we're closing uh, that could be said. And my prayer is that over the last few weeks that we just created a desire for you to go further in your pursuit of understanding how to pray. But this morning, as the Lord had, you know, I, as the Lord had uh, just was speaking to my heart, there are people here who've never spoken tongues before. Or maybe you did before and you just haven't been operating in it. You want to stir it up. I just want to invite you. But first, I just want to ask everybody to stand. And let's just begin to praise the Lord for a few minutes here. Just give him glory. He's enthroned upon our praises. Father, you're so good. You're a good father. We are so thankful. We value the Holy Spirit. And I just want the ministers who come up at the end of the service to just go ahead and come. We want to make it uh, available to anybody here. Hallelujah. To be able to come and be ministered to if you've never uh, received the baptism of the Holy Spirit before and spoke in tongues. Today can be your day. It's up to you. God's already given this supernatural gift. It's just yours to receive. And Jesus said, uh, Jesus said, what father among you wouldn't give his children the thing that they asked for? He said, it's his good pleasure to give us the Holy Spirit, to give us the kingdom. So just as we're worshiping, if you want to come and receive this and be prayed for, just want to invite you to come. Father God, we just give you praise. Hallelujah, we give you glory. We give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise. You're so worthy. Just thank you, Father God. Hallelujah, we thank you, Lord. I know there's more people. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. We just give you glory. Hallelujah, we give you glory. You're worthy, Lord, you're worthy. Oh, I thank you, Father. These lives are going to be transformed. <laughs> Hallelujah, forever. Oh, we give you glory. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Come on, church. Just begin to stir up. Your spirit begin to pray, begin to praise. Hallelujah, we give you glory. You're worthy, Lord, you're worthy. Come on. Oh, we give you praise. We bless your name. Mm, we give you glory, Lord, we give you glory. Come on, let's just raise our hands in this place. Cultivate the atmosphere for his presence to be manifested, for his glory to fall in this place. Hallelujah, even right there, you see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, we give you glory. We give you glory, Lord. We give you glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. 
talk out, talk you out of what belongs to you. Anytime the word of the kingdom is preached, the enemy comes immediately to try to steal away that which was sown in your heart. Don't let the enemy talk you out of what God has invited you to receive today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I tell you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We give you glory. Praise your name. Praise your name. Praise your name. Hallelujah. We're just going to keep playing. I am going to dismiss you if you have to go. But I just want to say that when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, spoken tongues, that transformed my life experientially more than even being saved. <laughs> Jesus said, when the Spirit comes upon you, you receive power to be my witnesses. So we're going to dismiss, but these ministers are still going to be here. These guys are still going to continue to play. There's an atmosphere uh, being cultivated here. The presence of the Lord is here. Don't leave. If the Lord is speaking to your heart this morning, don't leave without coming up here and letting somebody minister to you this morning. Amen. You're dismissed.